Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we pray this morning that your word would become life and a reality and the bread of life that nourishes our spirit, that you would speak to your people, that we would have ears to hear and a heart to listen and obey a will to surrender at your feet. Allow us to consider these high and lofty ideals, principles, these the paradigms for which you created all things from nothing, Lord. And here you are speaking it to us with huge responsibility to not be hearers of the word, but doers, oh God, that our lives would be a manifest presence and evidence of the reality of your word. Like the Bible says, like Jesus, the word made flesh that walked among us, Lord. That as we receive your word, we become the embodiment of your wisdom. That the truth that are in these scriptures would set us free from every deception and lie of the evil one, Father God. That instead of a climate of darkness, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path that we might walk in your realities and run in the direction of the things that make us soar and fly the heights of God's purposes in this world. There's nothing higher, nothing more exalted and magnified and lifted up than you, O God. So shower us with good seed in good hearts, sown to give forth the fruit, to reap a harvest that glorifies your name that your word not return void, that it would be our meditation day and night so that everything we do prospers and is successful and is able to taste and express success for your glory, for your honor. Thank you, God, for your goodness in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people say amen. First and foremost, today, Memorial Day, we uh, celebrate American holiday Honoring the men and women who have died in service to this country. So that is huge. And to say the least, we, we have forgotten how to celebrate these fallen heroes of which we enjoy so much freedoms and so many uh, different expressions. Uh, we were talking about being on this circuit uh, to bless our nation with William uh, Jerry Boykin, uh, Lieutenant General. Um, what an honor to, to be a part of that team. We have a conference now in Colorado Springs, Woodland Park, and we will join Family Research Council in their Stand Courageous. What's the opposite of Stand Courageous? Sit cowardly. You see, we're not going to sit cowardly. We're, to, we're called to stand and to champion this life, I love it. Last night I was talking to one of the boys here at the church, and he says, when I grow up, he told his dad, when I grow up, I want to be a pastor of a church that I will start that will be called Spring of Life. He's like eight. And he already has a vision for, for what good thing he could do in this world. And it's to imitate and follow the example of what was his experience. That's huge. And for him to articulate it to his father as his passion and pursuit leaves a legacy for another generation. 
to be part of what our experience was, how horrible it is. I was about 12 years old when I said, I don't want to be like my father because there was no Jesus in our home and there was divorce and separation and sadness and darkness. So thank God for God's reality in our midst that, that our kids will be able to meditate in their youth and their childhood. And, and these things are not to pass into oblivion. In other words, we're not to move in a direction where we lose what we have, but this thing, uh, when we're talking about Memorial Day, we're talking about memory. And why is memory so important? Well, you know why it's important? Try to lose your mind so that you see how, how important memory is. Those people that suffer these huge accidents, I've had friends of mine that in a car accident, they lose the memory of speech, the memory of walking, the memory of, 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 of carrying about. You just imagine that your brain loses all of its memory. Some people are there. You lost your mind. But this is a curse. It's a curse to have lost memory. They call it dementia. The very first signs of depression is when people start having uh, battling the loss of memory. And so I want to suggest that the Bible is replete from beginning to end, God telling us to remember things. Put this in memory. The, the, I have here John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit, the helper, when he comes, his function will be to teach you all things and to bring you to memory, to bring you to remembrance of all things. In other words, that you not forget how horrible it is to forget who your wife is or your husband. I have stories where, where kids come into the hospital room and their parents forgot who they are. And, and it's this loss of memory, I want to suggest, that becomes a curse for those who forget. And so uh, as we move into this thing, it's a manner in which you can pray, Holy Spirit, don't let me forget the things I'm to remember. Don't let me forget the, the acts of generosity that were given to me in a stage of my life that if I forget, I become a curse because I lose something called gratefulness. Somehow or another, I lose the capacity to know what things are tied to. I can't forget where I came from. I, I told my friend recently, a couple years ago, my wife says, you don't know the dates and times, but for me, everything is, is a blur and it happened yesterday. And I tell my friends, you know why you're acting like an imbecile and an idiot and you're not honoring Christ? Because you forgot from where God saved you. You forgot. But I still remember the hell hole where I crawled out from. Where God took me from. The, the dump. The trash bin. The Bible says the, um, the, the word is the dunghill. The big mound of crap where we were and God called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. I can't forget 
that there was a time in my life I didn't know how to read and write. And God filled me with wisdom to make me eloquent and articulate and and I write things that people are like, whoa, where did this guy get those words? I haven't forgot I was illiterate. F student. Um, the last warning, my Miami-Dade Community College. I spent six years there in a two-year college. I didn't spend six years, but it was half. But listen to me. They said, Mr. Molina, we write you to inform you. I was like, oh, good news. No, we're going to kick you out. You don't kick anybody out from community college. And it says, you have a 1.3. What's a 1.3? It's illiterate. It's you're a dummy. You have taken our remedial classes five times and still don't pass. And so I was even scared to put a pen on paper because I knew the teacher was going to write F. I knew it. So God took me all the way to zero. And I can't forget that. And people don't even, my mom says, that's not you. That's not you. Go, go and check it out. It's me. Zero good thoughts in my brain. So this thing about the Holy Spirit's ministry of recalling to us the things we're not to forget. We're not to forget. One of the greatest gifts God has given humanity is the amazing gift of memory. Remember the people that says, I forgot you bought me my first car. I forgot you helped me out when I didn't have who to help me out. I forgot that you, everything I am is because of what you did. And, and now all of a sudden, your anger, your wrath, your bitterness turns to compassion and gratefulness and an expression that is totally different from what the devil wants to create. That you don't remember your first pair of shoes, your first clothes. I'll never forget Carlos Leon in America. Our house burned out. We lost everything. And these people show up on Sunday with three suits. Saying, Pastor, you need to dress up because you have no clothes. So these are things that cannot be superfluous and frivolous and forgetfulness. When our lives were a mess, when there was no one who cared, God used someone. God used someone. And if you ever forget, you are cursed by the devil. You become the devil embodied. Your pride lifts up and you forget. And we're not to forget. We're God's people. We're to be renewed in our mind constantly of the goodness and the compassion of God. He was there when no one was there. And you know what atheists do? I said it a million times from this pulpit. They credit nothing to God. How wicked could you be? Look at the cross. The death of the son of God. The gift of God to humanity. Good news for all. We can't forget that. We can't belittle that. We can't walk in the world and act like that didn't happen. 
The people of God are people who remember. Loss of memory becomes a curse. So usually people have to come up with, with a lot of illustrations in their forgetfulness. I don't remember that. I, didn't, I forgot that. I forgot what happened. I forgot how it happened. I forgot the words. We're going deep today. We're going to ask God, Lord, allow me to cherish the gift of memory and remind me everything I'm supposed to remember so that I can walk in wholesomeness and not in signs of mental illness. As the, as the, these people that wrote for God, these apostles, the, the words, they said that the mindset that creates the curse of the last days, what, what people are out there now, they're not in church thanking God for all things. They're out there, God knows where, in some boat, in some beach, they're, they're, they're trying to celebrate Memorial Day, but they've lost their mind. They're totally, they've become, in their minds, not wholesome and healed. They, they're living as if, and here's what it says, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. I mean, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, beloved, I now write to you this second epistle to stir up your minds by way of reminder. Have you ever had somebody like elbow you and says, these are the people that helped us. Give them thanks. Honor them. Smile. Greet them. Give them a, a special place in your life. So this is what a man of God, he stirs up your memory. You remember you told her you would love her forever. And just those words that somebody would remind you that you told a woman that you were going to love her forever will help you get off the chip on your shoulder. Thank you, pastor. Thank you. Remember, I'm stirring up your pure minds by way of reminder, verse 2, that you may be mindful again of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostle of the Lord and Savior. He says, verse 3, knowing first that the last day's climate will be mockers and will come in the last days walking according to their mindset. And what is their mindset? Verse 5. They willfully forget. You know, you delete. There are people in the cross path of life have told me, Pastor, I will never forget what you represent to me. This will never be gone. This will not be passed on to history. It will be my daily reminder. But if you enter into the devil's mindset, you forget that you had parents. You forget that your parents wiped your behind. That everything that you become is foundational in remembering the sacrifice of what happened in those years of you coming into existence. Something that God would not have us do. They willfully get, forget that by the word of God, the heavens of old, the earth standing out of water, 
and in water, verse 6, was destroyed. That word, that, that world perished, flooded with water. The Bible says, remember the days of Noah. What happens when people forget the days of Noah? They're going to be flooded again. They forget that an entire world perished at God's warning. And he says, don't forget because the days, the last days will be like the days of Noah. Be a reminder. Man, if you're looking and remembering what happened to Noah, you know you don't want to miss the boat. You don't want to do anything and be occupied and distracted because you forgot. The Bible tells you what you're to forget. There are certain things that you're supposed to delete. Look at what Philippians 3, 13 says, Beloved, I do not consider myself to have grabbed on to what God has for me, but I do one thing. I forget those things which are behind me. There's certain things in your life you're supposed to like delete and flush the toilet on. They're no good. They're not to be remembered. If you're not careful, if you have somebody constantly repeating to you toxic conversation the bible says that he who repeats a matter will separate the closest of friends there are certain things that you're not supposed to bring up if you continue to bring up certain things the devil has a timeline on you to keep you from the things that god has for you so the bible says there are things to remember and there are things to forget you better be wise in knowing which is the difference and so here it is we have Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things and ponder the things of the past. There are certain things that you're to forget. There's some people that says, well, I'll never forget you cheated on me. Listen, get rid of that because it's toxic and you're bringing it to the forefront. If you continue to repeat a matter, you will separate that which is supposed to be joined. But the Bible says, do not remember former things. Certain things you are to forget. Certain things you're not to forget. Verse uh, 14, look what it says. I mean, I'm sorry, verse 19. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. If you don't forget certain things, you can't go on to the next season. Now it shall spring forth and you shall know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. There's going to be a new start, a new beginning. If you flush the toilet and delete those things, you're not to remember. Don't grab the past and bring it forward to cause a stumbling and a disruption. One of my favorite parts about being married is for Yvette and I to put away those things that are arguments and discussions and disagreements because the power of our marriage is based on agreement. It's based, it's based on getting on the same page. We, we don't have to have a discussion and a disagreement and continue. It says, you remember what we argued about on our honeymoon? Woman, thou art loosed. Let go. Let it go. Forget certain things. And, and wisdom is knowing what to remember and what to forget. I'll never forget the first time I saw Yvette. That's the one thing I won't forget. And so in that direction, it preserves the union. But if I begin to bring out all the garbage, and I'm sure if I talk to certain people, they'll remind me of how these things that are not healthy, 
you know, they, they become experts. I call them the naysayers. They remember everything necessary to stay away from certain people. That They sabotage their marriage. They sabotage their best friends. They don't have best friends. I, I need to bring up that verse because I think it's important. Um, Proverbs 17, 9. If you cover certain things, you're seeking love. He who covers a transgression seeks love. Do you know people that are always pulling out of their hat? Hey, 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 ah! They're sabotaging their friendships, their families, their church, their ministry, because they continue to not cover. But he who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. Have you ever forgiven somebody and somebody wants to tell you why not to forgive them? You're ready to let go and bury and keep that behind you because it's being a stumbling block. You have to ask God, God, the devil continues to remind me of all these things that get me away from the people that I need to be close to. I need to not let the devil in my life. Maybe the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that are conducive to a union. Never forget that one day, that conversation, uh, and these people become hostile to their own best interest because in their mind, they have nothing to be grateful for. They have nothing to rejoice. They have nothing to celebrate. It's all toxic. And here God says in Isaiah 48, verse 8, not only do not remember the former things, but then it says in verse 8, remember. Surely you did not know, surely from long ago, what was not open, for I knew that you would deal very treacherously. I'm sorry, verse 46, verse 8. Let's go there. 46, verse 8. Remember this and show yourselves men. Recall to mind, you transgressors, you that cannot have the capacity to sit there and, and know what you need to know, remember what you need. Uh, honey, remember? He gave you your first job. Oh, how you doing, sir? Nice to meet you. Why? You forgot. You forgot the first days of, of your struggles in existence. Verse 9, remember the former things. First it says, forget the former things. Now it says, remember the former things of old. For I am God. There's no other like me. I am God and there's none like me. I'm irreplaceable in your existence. I'm not going to continue. I, sometimes my friends, uh, I'll be somewhere and somebody says, hey man. I want to tell you a joke. And for years when I was young, because I guess when you're younger, you tell a lot of jokes. Uh, jokes. Uh, but uh, my friends would say, hey, let me tell you a joke. And I was like, please don't. And they're like, why not? I'm still trying to forget all the crap in my head from having conversations with the inappropriate people. And I don't need you to start throwing some more junk in my life. I'm trying to wash myself off of the things that I said it recently, that all those songs, all the Three Stooges, all the Gilligan series, I grew up listening and, and seeing just numbskulls, people that had nothing positive to contribute in life. And that was my every day. I was like a daily medication to sit there and watch Five episodes of Three Stooges, two episodes of Gilligan's Island. Everything was a joke and a misfit. 
I became that jokester. I became that nut, that crazy man. Took nothing serious. Everything was not to be taken serious. That's how I was known. So the Bible tells you what you're to remember and what you're not to forget. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says, My beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Set your barometer that today might be the last day that you live. I said this about a year ago. I said, why does the pastor always preach with intensity? In this church, you know that. There's never a boring moment. Why? Because it might be my last sermon. And you're like, pastor, don't say that. Okay, uh, it might be your last sermon. See, the, the thing is, we don't know. And, and some of you have grown so hardened to the word of God that you're not sitting there knowing that the Holy Spirit brought this word for you on a special day. And, and he does all the time. And if you miss out a conversation with God, you miss out your goodness, your healing, your wholesomeness, your peace. When a marriage at home is having an argument and says, we're not going to church today, that's the day you need to come. Because there's healing here. There's wholesomeness here, not at home. You're not going to fare better staying at home. Come and expose your disposition to the presence of God. I guarantee you, you'll leave this place remembering your honeymoon. You'll, you'll leave this place celebrating the goodness of God instead of perpetuating the things the devil doesn't want you to forget. The Lord is not slack concerning his coming. Look what it says, Deuteronomy 4.9. Only be on guard and diligently watch yourself so you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, nor, do they, nor that they do not slip from your heart. If you don't remember things just because they're not there at the present, they should be in your heart. Don't, don't let them depart from your heart all the days of your life. Be able to pass them down to your children and grandchildren. There are certain things that you should preserve not to forget that your kids should want to pass down to their grandchildren. But if you forgot, there's no hope for your children to remember. You can't pass down to your grandchildren the things that you overlooked to your detriment. And so to preserve these things for each generation, I, I, this conversation I have with my children when we sit down at the dinner table and I just pray and I say, I hope you don't forget. I, I hope you don't fail to deliver to your children, which will be my grandchildren, why we live the way we live. Because some people don't understand where we came from. It is, it's abnormal in our home Growing up in a childhood where there was strife and animosity and argument and strife and I'm leaving you and I'm leaving you and I'm leaving you, there's not a day in my home that I don't cherish the peace within our walls. And I want that for my children. I want them to enjoy their spouse, to celebrate the union. I don't want them ever to have eyes for anyone else. To be faithful, that's only in the work of God. But how 
horrendously sick is loss of memory. How horrible it is, the woman whom God gave you to love. And so in these things, God says, don't depart from your heart. Those things that you have seen, the things you've experienced, pass them down to the next generation. Preserve them. They're not automatic. They, they don't just happen, these things. Remember, in the, in the dictionary is to bring to your mind the awareness of those things you've experienced in the past. And so to have that fresh on your mind is a blessing. Memory is the ability to record information about events. I forgot. I forgot what it was to be without Christ. I forgot what was not to be in a good church. I have a friend of mine, he says, ever since we left your church, we've been in 10 churches. And he says, the last church we were in, here in Miami, present real time, the pastor took off with a young 25-year-old. This worship leader comes into the congregation and the predator pastor takes his wife from him, having young children. And, and so they move into a place, and this is where these people that are on their 10th church are coming to find out that they've despised a wellspring of life. Some of you have been in some really quirky, insane churches, and so you can appreciate the atmosphere and the climate we keep in this house of worship. But some forget, and they go looking for, they go on a hunting and fishing expedition. And all they find is more junk. So in God's mercy, he's preserved this place. And we, as I walk through here, I said hi this morning to David Hanau. How old are you, David? 13? I said, I hope he preserves for his generation the atmosphere he's growing up in. His father's leading worship. And that he could pass that down to his grandchildren if they don't forget if they don't become familiar, if they don't become customary. The Bible says in James 1.23 that if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who forgets. He sees a reflection of what he's supposed to see in a mirror. Verse 24, he says, but after he's seen, after he observes his true condition, he immediately forgets what God is trying for him to remember. So every time we come to the house of God and we hear the word of God, we see a reflection of our condition and we're supposed to, when you look in the mirror, you're supposed to look good. You're supposed to put your hair where it goes. You're supposed to wash your eyes, wash your face, wash your mouth. That's the purpose of the word of God is to make sure that, that you are looking at what God is looking at and you see a reflection and you're able to to, to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer is to allow the word to have effect in your life. Let it have impact. Let it come in and clean out the house. Because if you forget, you become demented. And from time to time, we forget things. I was talking about this testimony that, that when our kids entered into their adolescence, mom says we had just come into ministry. And mom says, I'm going to take them down to the orthodontist. And I said, honey, I don't think it's time for the orthodontist because that's $3,000 a pop and there's four, so it's $12,000. So let's hold off on that. She goes, no, I just want to make sure that it's on the roadmap of life, a wise woman. And I said, okay, go ahead and check it out and scope out the land. 
But remember, that's super expensive and that's not the season we're in. So that she went off to the orthodontist and the orthodontist checks out our four kids and says, look, they all look like sharks. They're gonna need some dental work. And so all of a sudden, as they're leaving the office, the, the, the dental assistant, the secretary, the receptionist says, the doctor says he's not going to charge your family a penny. I'm like, what, they're giving away braces? I don't think so. This guy's messing with my wife. Yeah, you think like that. You're like cautious. Buddy, I'll fix, I'll fix your teeth. But she went home and I started to say, Lord, what, what happened here? What happened? And I asked the Lord for two years, what happened? And they were all getting their, fix, their teeth fixed and their smile today is because of the goodness of God. Absolutely free. And then I go to Mexico and I'm in Mexico and I'm worshiping the Lord and the Lord says, you're still bugging out? I said, yeah, I'm still bugging out because there's no free lunch in this life. And the Lord says, you forgot, but I did it. Five years ago, when you were working as a lawyer, you helped a little girl here in Mexico fix her teeth. You paid for it. And what you sowed, now you reap. I haven't forgotten. Absolutely. Sometimes we forget, but God doesn't forget. The Bible says he doesn't forget our labor of love towards the saints. Every single one of these men and women that serve in the house of God, they're, they're not serving man. They're not wasting their time. God sees and God rewards and God doesn't forget what we do for him. And God doesn't forget when you miss church either, when you're too busy. God remembers your sacrifice of love towards the saints and how you loved his people and the house of God and how you struggled and sacrificed. He doesn't forget. And he rewards amply. I got to hurry up, Pastor Richie. It'll be 6 p.m. by the time I finish. <laughs> Pastor Palma, he grabbed this and he says, uh, three hours. <laughs> you want three hours of this. You want it. Because it'll make the difference. We're not playing church. We're not here. Oh, I got to hurry up because my suntan is going. The sun, the rain. No. You're getting a suntan right now. Getting... Get in the first five rows. You're going to see. The fire of God is blazing. We call it the splash zone. You're going to get wet. Those guys in the back don't want to get wet. Look what the pastor's doing. Welcome, Danny Rodriguez. Michaela, welcome to the house of God. Absolutely. The people, we need to remember. Remember what God has done. Your children should remember. Your grandchildren should remember. They can't go and sacrifice somewhere else because it means they forgot. Did they forget? Did you allow your generations to forget where you came from and the price that you paid, the tears that were cried? And God tells his people a million times throughout scripture, I'm not gonna quote the million times, but just sufficient so we walk out of here blessed. Blessed of not forgetting, of remembering. You know, we're living in a generation that wants novelty. The new and the different. Listen to me. 
The Bible doesn't say to go on to the new and the different novelty that you could come. It says, remember the ancient past. Do not forget things that are not to be forgotten. What makes a man of God so precious is that he stirs our remembrance so that we can adjust our attitude. We would have got one amen in a real Christian church. That's fine. Meditate on that for a second. That you say, Lord, put me into remembrance. Allow me to to bring this to the forethought. Uh, the, The scripture constantly says, forget the novelty and base your foundations on the true and the tried. The stuff that's immovable. You don't have to go looking for a new way to put your marriage together. Look at what's preserved your grandparents' marriage. What was the foundation that allowed your parents to grow up? Oh, I want a new church. You better not. You better not. You better find an old wise man. That's all he's going to do is not bring anything new. He's going to tell you about things that you forgot. He's going to bring back memories that will make you live the present based on what was yesterday. So you can be reminded and adjusted in your attitude. I remember going to the Bill Gothard seminars. Listen to me. We went every year, the first 10 years of our Christian life, and and at least six times repetitively, because once you did it one year, you got to go in every year for free. You were alumni. And the guy didn't change anything. He just reminded us of the things that we're not to forget. They were priceless principles of God's word. The foundational fear of God I learned by the repetitiveness of the same things. If you're a person that says, I'm not going to church again because I know what they're going to talk about, you're a fool. You're a fool that you would despise the things that are not to be forgotten and the things that God wants to bring into memory One guy was going to a seminar. It was his 10th time at the same seminar. He went every year for 10 years. And all of a sudden, he was conversing and somebody overheard. I've been coming here for the last 10 years and I've been hearing the same old thing. And then all of a sudden, there was a pause. And the people were saying, why does he keep on coming back? It was the same thing. And he goes, exactly that's why I keep on coming. Because they aren't bringing anything new and trendy to this conference Instead, they are faithful to keep the preaching of the same biblical truth year in, year out. The same words, the same foundational realities that keep us afloat. So I was, we were talking to a young girl, age 14, on Friday night. I thank God because we were able to pass down to her the same thing we've been teaching youth groups for the last 25 years. And Yvette and I are just as committed to these principles of faith, and we say that they're the ones that allow you to float and not to be shipwrecked and not to be sunk in this generation by being told the same things. Paul says, I'm not tired of telling you the same things. I call your memory to these things that you're not to forget because once you forget, you lose. You lose, and that's what easily happens to people who forget persons and places. 
They twist the gospel. They want something new. They want a new fad, a new expression. Guess what? There's nothing new and different in God. His word, the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. My words abide forever. You can't twist the gospel. Right there in Deuteronomy 8, verse 1, he says, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go on and possess the land that I swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 2, and you shall bring these things to remembrance. Remember these things that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. Don't forget that God is the one that leads you. And he does so to humble you, to test you, to know what's in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. Because from time to time, we forget. And what does he say in verse 11? Take note, beware that you do not forget, that you don't become so comfortable and so familiar, that you not remember his word. Be careful you don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. How do we forget? When the word is no longer the dictate of our direction and steps but his commandments his judgments his statutes which i command you today verse 12 lest when you have eaten when you're big and old and full and you have a big beard and you have you have a you're you're old you have a big stomach and you see your big house and you begin to live in the fruitfulness of the land verse 13 when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is prosperous and all you have is great and the marriage is healed and the children are back home and everything is good and dandy. Verse 14, when your heart is lifted up in pride, you forget that it was God who brought you out of Egypt from the house of bondage. How is it that we easily forget? I mean, the grueling, yesterday I had to post something. I said, for 25 years, I've been counseling hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. They've been crucial conversations that have happened between the ministry as pastors and leaders to the people that were faring not so well in this life. And being able to dedicate this time and this investment in the lives and the marriages and the families that have caused them to begin to soar the heights of God's goodness. And people forget. People were out there in the middle of the ocean. They were shipwrecked. They were sinking. They were drowning. And we came back, we came by with a little ruddy boat and put them on board and took them to shore and they forgot. They started saying that the boat is not seaworthy and that the engine is too loud and smoky and it's leaking oil. My friend, Put things where they belong so that the devil does not deceive you and allow you to forget that when you were going nowhere fast, he remembered you. So there's certain things that the Bible is full of telling us what to remember. Obviously, we already went through the, through the ones of, of what to forget, but let's continue on here real quickly because I have five more minutes of your time, your precious time, and I want to give you things that are valuable to this Memorial Day, which I pray you will never forget. You're in the house of God, and God kept me up late last night making sure I took good notes. 
And God tells you in Psalm 106, verse 7, they did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled. When you forget, you rebel. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. So that caused rebellion. Forgetfulness causes you to rebel. You lift up in pride and forget. You're not to walk in this disposition. You're not to, Deuteronomy 9, 7, remember and do not forget how you provoked the Lord in wrath. From the day you left Egypt until the day you arrived to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. You provoked him to wrath. He was angry with you. Ask God, Lord, allow me not to forget the things that you've done in my life. Psalm 77 verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember his miracles of long ago. I I love the story of Pastor Omar. He hasn't forgotten. I said, Pastor, I'm going to Mexico. You need to preach. He says, no, I'm not a preacher. I'll I'll do anything but preach. I said, no, I think you're going to preach on Sunday. He says, no, I'm not going to preach on Sunday. So I left on Thursday and I left somebody to preach for him. He went off to get his annual exam at the hospital and they found a cancerous tumor in his body. And he spent three days crying before the Lord to preserve his life because they gave him two years to live. It says that type of tumor in that type of place will cause your life, you'll be, your wife will be a young widow. Your children will not see their dad growing up. And so he spent three days broken before the Lord. Guess who preached on Sunday? He preached the best message of his life. A message of repentance I'll never forget. It was the before and after of his ministry call. And, and remembering that time and remembering that place becomes essential. I was in Mexico. They said, well, tell me what the Lord is telling you. Tell me what the Lord is telling you. I said, it's really important when you're about to die what the Lord is telling you, right? And I said, the Lord told me he's going to spare your life. And we're going to see a difference from now on. But these are the things that we cannot forget. These are the things that have to be most precious in the inside. This guy's an old fogey now. He didn't live two years. God extended his mercies. God extended his grace. God extended his life. He's been able to not only see his children grow, but he's enjoying his grandchildren. But he better not forget. He better not forget who did it, when it happened, and how it happened. Because it was, it was like one of those specific recipes a special ingredients, not for my life, not for your life, for his life. And we're not to forget those things. We're to call them to memory and they should impact the lives of our children and our grandchildren and our children and our grandchildren, great-grandchildren. These stories are to be remembered and it's the key of not forgetting. Psalm 77 verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles you did a long ago. I will consider verse 12, Not only the miracles and your wonders, I will meditate on all you've done and I'll bring them back in every single one of my conversations. And it's proof evident of the reality of God in my life. If I don't forget, if I don't let other things cloud my memory. Because some people say, oh, it wasn't that bad. It was really a mole. It wasn't gonna take my life. It was really just an incidental thing. It happens to everybody. 
I've had friends of mine that they've lost their children. Their children have raised from the dead. God has done miraculous works and they forget. They forget the times and seasons of their life that we had all night prayer vigils for them, waiting for them to be delivered. And one of the families here, we spent 90 days watching their child in the hospital grueling over life and death. And they've forgotten, but we haven't. We, we have fought the fight of faith. As, as we stand here today, Anubis, the Lord reminded me that you're to defend this house. You're not to forget what God has done. You're not to forget the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the, the works of God's in our midst have not been religion. It's not just any other church. There's been the real life transformations of the power of God as we bring them to memory, they have to move our hearts. And so he asked a question when you remember, verse 13, your ways, God, are holy. What God is, what God is as great as our God. You who perform the miracles, verse 13, verse 14, you who perform miracles in this sanctuary, you have declared your strength amongst these people. You are the God, verse 14, that performs miracles. Uh, verse 15, with your mighty arm, you redeemed the descendants of your people. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and they convulsed. They went back. All these manner of expressions that God wants us to remember. And if we tell the story right, God gets all the glory. Psalm 78 verse 11. But they had forgot what he had done. They forgot his works. They forgot his wonders that he had demonstrated he brought to the forefront so that they would not forget. What they were they not to forget? Verse 12, he did miracles in the sight of their ancestors. He restored their marriages. He restored their children. Verse 13, he divided the sea and allowed them to escape. He guided them like a light of fire by night. As you see these people that walk contrary to God, verse 17, but they continue to sin, they continue to forget, they continue to rebel against the Most High in the desert. Verse 22, they did not believe in God. They didn't trust in his deliverance. How many times did God do signs, miracles, wonders, signs, miracles, wonders, and then you forgot? You said that really God hadn't done nothing. And so in that regards, Verse 42, it says, they did not remember his power the day he redeemed them from the oppressor. They did not remember. They let that slip into the cracks of forgottenness. Verse 43, the day he displayed his signs in Egypt, his wonders, he turned the river into blood. He swarmed them with flies. He gave their crops to be eaten by grasshoppers. How many things did God do for you to get you where you're at and we're not to forget these things. We're not to go and act like they didn't happen. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. One of the things the Bible tells us to get on the same page with God, even from our youth. And I love the fact that we have young people in this house that remember God, have not forgotten what he's done. And he says, and remember before the years come where you say, I don't enjoy them. Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not any of his benefits. 
Do you add these things up before you walk in pride and in arrogance and walk out and stomp out and leave? Or do you remember his benefits? Do you remember what God has done in your life to the capacity of blessing him? And here's the list of the things he did. Number one, four, and foremost, verse three, he forgave all your iniquities. What's that mean? That means you're to forgive, my friend. Who are you to start enumerating what they've done to you when God is forgiving your debts? Who are you to remember what has happened when God has forgotten? He's thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness to never be remembered. What are you doing collecting other people's sin? Remember that he forgives you of all your sins. And the benefit is, don't forget his benefit, he heals you of all your diseases. Those are two great reasons to continue to persevere in God. Uh, the Bible's, the devil's reminding you things of conversations that are to be forgotten and you're forgetting things that are to be reminded? I'm gonna, I know that it's not the Holy Spirit in your life. I know it's some demon who's causing you to concentrate on things you should have flushed down the toilet many years ago that all are doing is stirring up strife and muddying the waters of your spiritual devotion to Christ. I tell some people, you're gonna go for many, many years without a place like this. Because when you despise the provision of God, maybe you need a, a wilderness desert experience to remember when the waters were flowing. He says there, he heals you of your benefits. He redeems your life from destruction. Verse four, he redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness. He continues to add tender mercy, things that you're not to be without. Verse five, he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed, not needing Botox or plastic surgery. The joy of the Lord is so beautiful in you that your youth is renewed in God's purpose. But if you want to be an old hag, continue to be a hoarder of things that you should have thrown away a long time ago. Some people think that God means taking away their freedom to prevent them doing whatever they please. Others think that if they follow God, you have to give up the fun and good things of life. Nothing could be farther from the truth. All his benefits are there for you, for us to continue. Number three, do not forget remembering the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 16, I will delight myself in your word. I will not forget the word of the Lord. It's a, a constant reminder. Psalm 119, verse 16. Lord, don't allow me to cause your word to expire, to grow old and stagnant, to not be real. I want to delight myself with your teachings and I will not forget your word. I'm gonna be purposeful about not forgetting the commandments of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8 verse 14 says, if you forget God's word, you will become proud. Your forgetfulness is a sign of your pride. You have forgotten where God has brought you out of. Exodus 13, 3, don't forget that one day you were in the grip of Satan. Don't forget that one day, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt. This is something that should be renewed in every family. Do you remember the day that God called you out of darkness and how he brought you out of Satan's grip and captivity? For by strength of the hand of the Lord, he brought you out to this place. 
It was his strong hand. Um, I happen to have a favorite Bible verse. Those of you that know me know that it's true, that my favorite Bible verse is that we will not be delivered by the hand of no one, but by the hand of the Lord. This, is, this happens to be a powerful word that was my reminder growing up, Lord, I'm, I'm to find my deliverance in your strength. I'm not to walk in a manner that causes me to think that I'm the big guy who did it all. But I have a big God who delivered me out of the hand of the devil when I was stripped. It's super, super intense here. He says, remember, um, the day that you went out of Egypt, I was your source. Psalm 44, verse 2. It was God who drove out our enemies and he planted them. You had afflicted the people that were harassing you, your, your people and you cast them out. Verse 3, our fathers did not gain possession of the good land by their own sword. It wasn't your mom or dad who fought those demons. It was God. And nor did their own arms save them. You're going to need somebody to deliver your children and your grandchildren from the demons that come down generationally. And it's not going to be the hand of man. It's going to be the hand of God. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because your favor was upon them. Remember that always. It's not your strength. It's not your power. The Spirit of God has done a work of deliverance, and we should hold it in high honor. Deuteronomy 8.18, he's the source of our blessing. Don't forget that it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Oh man, I'm in this new business enterprise and I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna talk to this guy. Listen, listen and don't forget. Deuteronomy 8.18, remember the Lord is the one that gives you power to get wealth. He will establish his covenant with you so that you can serve him. How are you going to go try and find prosperity outside of serving God? You have to be deceived. You had to forget this verse, that it is God who promotes. It is God who prospers. He says in this manner, Exodus 20, verse 8, don't forget to keep the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Keep the day of God at the forefront of your keeping. Forget about your bank account. Forget about your relationship. Forget about your networks. Make God the foundation of your prosperity. He will add no sorrow to your wealth and increase. God has prospered us silly as we have sought his face as a priority. He's never, never forsaken us. And one second, one penny. There's always been abundance and we've been very generous in his abundance to be generous with others. But the key has always been the, the Sabbath day of the Lord, keeping it holy, keeping it special, the place that you worship. 1 Peter 1.15, Peter was writing to the saints, remember to continue in holiness. He who called you is holy, make sure that your conduct is holy. Make sure that you're walking consistent with his holiness. Psalm 30 verse 4, give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. When you see that God is holy, your life becomes holy. You don't have opportunity to dive in the mud. 
1 Peter 1.16, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Our nexus with God is remembering his holiness. Luke 17, 32, I was telling a wife this last week. I was telling her, remember Lot's wife. There's some people that are looking back instead of looking forward. They don't have a vision for their marriage in the future. They only bicker as to what happened in the past. And when you do that, you become a pillar of salt. You become cursed. You're not ready to go forward. You're looking back. Try to drive a car looking backwards. You're going to crash. If you're a wife, you should be looking with great expectation of what God's going to do and not remember that your husband was unfaithful in the past. And that deserves a huge amen. Acts 20, verse 35, the Bible says, remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because many times we forget. You must support the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember these words always. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Whenever the devil is trying to stifle your giving, he's trying to stifle your prosperity. Say amen. Whenever you're withdrawing and you fall short of generosity, all you're doing is cutting against your increase and your prosperity. That's why the Bible says, give and it shall be given. In full abundant measure, shake down, pouring over. Our disposition is not to forget that in our prosperity, it's on the basis of our giving. If you're not prosperous, if you're not increased, if you're not multiplied, it's because you're stingy and you're withholding. God gives seed to the sower so that they might have a harvest. And the key of all our prosperity in the Lord is giving our lives and giving all things to him because of the abundance and the joy of the things he's done for us. Ephesians chapter two, verse 11, it says, remember that one time you were Gentiles. You weren't always like this. You weren't all the time fixed. People are super upset at me because I rejoice in what God has done. I boast in the Lord. Your pastor is always boasting. Yes, I am, because God has done great things. And when he starts doing great things in your life, you're gonna boast in the Lord also and not in your bank account and not in your capacity. To be able to remember Ephesians 2.11 that we were at one time Gentiles. We were those called the uncircumcision. We didn't have relationships with God with covenant. Verse 12, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ. At that time you were without Christ, being aliens. You were foreigners and strangers of the covenants and promises of God. You had no hope and no God in this world. Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verse eight, it says, remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And this is powerful because he's able to raise all dead things. Some people come to my office and says, pastor, just not, let's not talk about my marriage. It's dead and buried. I said, great, now Christ could resurrect it. Now Christ could bring it to life, that thing which was dead. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to the gospel, according to good news. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Remember that a servant of the Lord should not... Second Timothy 2, 14. Remember that the servant of the Lord should not be contentious. 
did not strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. We were to be reminded that unfruitful conversation is just that. It's not fruitful. We were not to exchange with conversation that doesn't edify. We're to call it short and remember that the next time somebody wants to talk to you about something foolish. If you sow the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. If you sow foolishness, you'll reap ruin. Hebrews 13, verse 3, remember those that are in prison. We did that for a long time for Mr. Carroll, and God did not forget our remembrance. Remember the prisoner as if you were there suffering with them, being mistreated since you yourselves are in the body also. We're suffering. We should be reminded of those that are suffering. I think that's a good thing. Instead of being conscious of the fact that we're going through things, why don't you take the time to take a break and look around for somebody that you can meet their need? Quit asking God for you. Ask God for others. And if you sit there and say, well, I don't know who's sick, and I don't know who's hungry, I don't know who's thirsty, I don't know who's naked, then you better stop being a goat and start remembering that around you there are people with needs, and you have the capacity to be the answer of God to their necessity. It's a great blessing to be able to walk in that manner, not forgetting those that are suffering among us. Jude 1, 17, remember the teachings of the apostles, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last days. Remember the words of those wise men who spoke into your life. There's a one man left our church many years ago, and he says, everything that was happening to me, I could not stop hearing your voice. I could not stop hearing your teaching, raising my son, dealing with my former marriage, all, all the things that were going on. I kept on remembering the words of wisdom that were spoken through the servants of the Lord. We're to hold these words and conversations in high esteem. Second Peter 1.10, it says, make sure to remember your calling and election. Be more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you'll never stumble. If you put the call of God at the forefront of your life, you're never gonna stumble, be distracted or distorted in your pursuit. Verse 12, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are established in present truth. I think the reminder of these things allow us to be more prosperous and more successful and grow in the areas of the Lord. Verse 15, you see Peter doing that here. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after I am dead. To be reminded, many times some people forsake their parents and then when they die, they say, my dad used to always say, my mom used to always say, but it seems that while they're living, you forget what they're saying. And you have to ask God, God, let me live consistently with those things I'm to be reminded of so that I don't need another life lesson. And finally, Lamentations 3.21, let us not forget the mercies of God. I will recall to my mind, therefore, that I have hope. I'm gonna bring back on every occasion that there is an answer to my challenge, to my difficulty, to my impossibility. I'm going to recall to mind that I serve an omnipotent, amazing God. 
verse 22, that his mercies are new and his compassion, his compassion faileth not. This morning, I want you to come to your feet and say, Lord, why are we easily taken to forget the things that we're to be reminded of? Lord, give me a godly husband that reminds us the things that we have learned. Give me a godly wife that reminds me of the things that are conducive to our prosperity and peace. Don't allow us to continue to stir up strife and contention, words of pride, words of familiarity. We talked about that last week, that sometimes we become so familiar we forget where we are and what's taking place in our midst. God is conforming us to the image of Christ. We're being transformed by the Spirit of the Lord in this house. And if that is true, then the devil doesn't want you here. The devil will give you 50 million reasons. And I told that to a man. He says, I could write a book this thick of all the bad things I see in church and all the things I could criticize. And I go, you know why you could do that? Because you're a wicked man. Because you could write a book this thick of all the good things God has done in your life and what has happened in the church. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, the power of God, his strength, his, his mercies. Father, we thank you here today in the house of God, and we ask you to bless those families that today celebrate the loss of loved ones who have fought for this country. But we're also to be reminded of those things you don't want us to forget, Lord, so that we might be vibrant, so that we might be healthy, so that your goodness might cause us to be wholesome in our pursuit. We're not to be a dumpster of trash to continue to regurgitate repeated matters of offense that separate the closest of relationships, but that you pour out your love today in the remembrance of all the things that we're to be grateful for, that we're to celebrate. I'm, I'm always reminded of the years that Pastor Richie and Angie served um, the Lord in the beginning of my salvation, and, and that, that causes me to have an attitude of gratitude and gratefulness and to celebrate them and to overlook any shortcomings, Lord, because greater is the work that you've done through them in my life than anything the devil could bring to memory to cause us to stumble and have falling out of a relationship with God. Father, that the unity of our relationships in the body of Christ grows stronger and that we're able to pass down this from one generation to the next to our children and to our grandchildren and to the great-grandchildren, to a third and fourth generation of those that will be able to know how they were able to be refreshed in your presence. And we pray, Father, that we might guard and protect these things and that our memory serves us right and that we not have loss of memory and dementia and depression and pride having lifted up our hearts because now we have prospered and we have great marriages, great families, and great children. Allow us to be broken at the feet of the cross and to be reminded of your good work that you have begun and that you will finish for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.